the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector. To some who are confident of their own righteousness and look down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I am not like other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven but Peter's breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I'll tell you about this man, one than the other, went home justified before God, all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Has your oven ever broken down? Ours has. Dinner was cancelled and I headed down to the local chip shop for some emergency food. Food in hand, I stepped out and I was jumped upon by two lovely Mormons. Alarmed at my food going cold and Bethany uh, being uh, fed cold chips, I told them that they would have to walk and talk if they wanted to chat. So as we walked and talked, they shared their faith, they shared their rules, they shared their culture and I learned something of the man of Joseph Smith. At the end, I asked them this one question. You seem to be saying that the world needs more law to live right before God. But where is the love? Where is the grace? Where is our humanity realized and experienced in God through his son, Jesus Christ? In our passage today from Luke 18 verse 9, Jesus is telling a story to some people who thought that they were very good and who looked down on everyone else because they were very bad. Jesus tells us a story here of two people who head up to the temple to pray. The first thanks God that he is not bad like the other people, especially like the hated tax collector who has also turned up to pray. You see, the Pharisee was a godly, godly man. After all, he tithed and fasted as he was required by his faith. Yet, he certainly knew the law unlike the unrighteous tax collector who was standing guiltily in the corner. Yet, as we shall see, it is the attitudes of the Pharisee and the tax collector which are contrasted here. And in particular, we will learn what Jesus has to say about their attitudes to prayer. The Bible has lots to say about prayer. And in the Old Testament, God is characterized as you who answers prayer. And Jesus himself would have or followed many standard Jewish prayers as he began and ended each day with some form of prayer. And then on Sunday, on, on the Saturday, on the Sabbath day, 
he would have prayed one of praise. Jesus both teaches his disciples how to pray and he prays himself at each definitive stage of his own ministry. Overall, the Bible tells us this about prayer. It is both necessary and effective and it is required to bring our full humanity to God. Prayer is to be distinctively Christian because it is directed to God and we direct it through Jesus Christ or in the name of Jesus. And it's only made possible because of the work of the Holy Spirit, that gift that Jesus gave to us when he ascended. Our parable today extends Luke's theme of prayer, which is in the previous parable of the unjust judge in chapter 18. This is so that when we put the two together, we see that we are being encouraged to pray with determination of the widow and with the humility of the tax collector. While this parable may have been used to rebuke some of those Pharisees gathered, it's important to note that it perhaps was not directed to them directly, as Luke has probably intended it for a much wider audience. Importantly, the parable does not tell us what to think of the Pharisee or the tax collector. Rather, it allows us to decide why one was justified and why the other one was not. Perhaps then Jesus wanted to teach those gathered around him the right attitude to prayer. Perhaps in this parable we see that we are all to be vulnerable, we are all vulnerable to pride and self-righteousness just as the Pharisee was. When we fall and when we fail to confront the realities of our own hearts, we simply assume that Jesus is talking about other people. Yet the conclusion of Jesus' words in verse 14 disallows such a condition to be limited to one people group. All who exalt themselves will be humbled, but all who humble themselves will be exalted. Now, being righteous, being made right in the presence of God is not a wrong thing in itself. After all, the righteous will be raised from the dead. Yet here Jesus is telling us that we have to be careful not to allow ourselves to be righteous in that just being superficial. We don't want it to be misplaced in pride and in God's commandments. After all, Jesus came to call not the righteous, but the sinners to repentance. And that includes you and me. So what can we learn about the nature of prayer within this parable? I think prayer begins with a simple address, God. The Pharisee quickly moves on to prayer of thanksgiving, one that is self-serving by thanking God that he is not like those other people. He means the thieves, the rogues, the adulterers and the tax collectors. The righteous Pharisee is a good man. He fasted tw twice a week. He tithed his income and he even went to prayer where he asked nothing of God. 
Yet he knew the law, but where's the love of God? Where's his own humanity? Where is his own acceptance that he is a sinner? Where are his feelings of remorse before God? By contrast, the tax collector stands far off because he understands that he is unworthy before God. He's accepted that. He is ready to confess all, so he beats his breast as he plays out his remorse and grief publicly. The tax collector is boasting nothing, nothing before God. During Jesus' ministries, his opponents always ridiculed him for being a friend of tax collectors and sinners. This is because in God, we see that those who trust in their own righteousness will regard others with contempt, and those who regard others with contempt cannot bring themselves to rely on God's grace. The Pharisee knew the law of his religion, yet he failed to humble himself in love. As a result, his blindness to the implications of his own attitude drove the tax collector away from him rather than towards him. Ultimately, in this parable, we see that those who trust in themselves have to be those who engage in the hard work of self-examination. Also, we see that we are to abandon our trust in our own status, and instead we are to recognise our dependence on each other and on upon, upon God. And we start this in prayer. Often people think that priests have a direct line to God, but it is not like this. For us it's the same as you. Often my words are empty, but my hope is great. Like you, we are to put in the hard work and to bring all that we are. Yes, the good bits and the ugly stuff bits, the ugly stuff too. And we offer it all to God, to his mercy. God have mercy on me, for I am a sinful man, he cries out. In humbling himself before God, we are reminded that the tax collector returned home. He did so, standing righteous before God. You see, the Pharisee may have known the law, but he's forgotten the love of God, which ultimately humbles all of us when we stand in his holy presence. In Luke 18, 9, 18 verse 9 to 14, we are reminded that everyone who makes himself great will be humbled, Yet everyone who makes themselves humbled will be made great by God. This is the upside down kingdom. This is the kingdom that we are each called to follow. So what can we learn from today's passage? Here's three suggestions. Firstly, knowledge of God should not get in the way of authentic conversation with God. We should encourage natural conversations with God. As seen in Exodus 33, verse 11, when Moses talked with God as with a friend. And honesty like that found in the book of Psalms. Thus, the essence of prayer should not be self 
superiority, but self-dedication. Prayer offers us the way to sustain our relationship with God, and it is the most basic thing for the Christian who must come back again and again as their prayer life is developed. We are all beginners when it comes to prayer, and no matter how often we fail, we can always return to God, where faith operates in surrender to God's will. Much is achieved. Also, I think we learn that the Bible shows us that God is talkative and seems to have wanted to communicate through the written word. Yet words aren't always compulsory. That said, Christians in particular have wanted to use spoken words to be faithful to the written word, to lead us to the living word, Jesus himself. Here we see the need for a daily life of prayer connecting us to God. The secret, I think, to prayer is to offer the whole of who we are to God. When we accept that God sees every part of our lives, even those parts that we do not want others to see, he sees them. And the extraordinary thing is this, it is, it is in the long reads of difficulty and pain that we learn how to, pr to pray again and again. That is where you find the treasure. So keep trying with prayer. I think humanity prays because it has a desire to connect. We pray because we know Jesus and because we have encountered his divine grace with our humanity. We pray because we must. Prayer is both a privilege and a responsibility and the church has a unique role in praying for the restoration of our creation, the renewal of the public square, and a hope for God's loved world. We pray because we love our world and we love our neighbour. How often do we come to prayer and fail to move from the self-gratification that we all want to talk about? How often do we pre prevent the still, small voice of God from speaking to us? How often do we truly bring our brokenness to God and let him make it beautiful again? Have mercy on me, for I am a sinful man, the tax collector cried out. In humbling himself before God, Jesus reminds us that when the tax collector returns home, he does so now standing righteous before God. Yet when the Pharisee returns, he's forgotten the love of God. Luke 18, 9 to 14 reminds us that everyone who makes himself great will be made humble. Yet everyone who makes themselves humbled will be made great by God. This is the upside-down kingdom that we are all called to follow. And it is made possible through the work of the human, of the Holy Spirit. So today, may you know, whatever you've done, God looks favourable on you. And when you say yes to Jesus Christ, we start that eternal journey of knowing each day that we 
accepted and are loved to God. Amen.